Welcome to the Losing Weight with Fasting and Mindful Eating podcast. I am your host, Monika Banach, an advanced practice nurse and a weight loss coach. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to today's episode. Hello everyone. Today I have a special guest on. Her name is Neil Mookie Watson. She currently resides in London and her and I kind of started our weight loss journey kind of at the same time last year in April and she has lost about 70 pounds herself and her transformation is just amazing. I'm going to post some pictures of her before and after so definitely check her out. She shares her journey, how she lost the 70 pounds, how she's maintaining things that have helped her continue the fasted focused lifestyle. She's truly my soul sister. I really, really enjoy chatting with her and I hope you guys enjoy listening to what she has to say. I hope you can learn from it and I hope it inspires you and your journey. Of course, everything that we discuss here is for information only. It's from our own experience. So before you start any kind of journey, weight loss, fasting, workout, always consult your PCP before you start. Hi, Neil. Hi, Monica. <laughs> I love your t-shirt. The future is female. That's Absolutely. super cute. I Absolutely. love it. <laughs> I'm so, so excited to have you on the podcast and on the YouTube video as well. This will be posted on YouTube. I've been following your journey for quite some time and just yeah. reading about you and just like who you are. I was like, you are my soul sister. Absolutely. The <laughs> so, feeling is absolutely mutual. <laughs> thank you. I love it. So for those out there that don't know you, can you give just like a little summary about yourself and then we'll go into the fasting and all the other okay. stuff, like how much okay. you've lost and all that. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. So my name is Neo Muki as in Neo Muki Watson as in Neo from the Matrix, the one. <laughs> I'm a 41-year-old Botswana-born. I am living in London. I've been living in London for more than half my life now. I came into London in the sort of 2000, and, and I live in London, married to a Scottish, and that's about it. So I live a fasting-focused lifestyle, which has been very, very transformational for me in many ways, more than just losing weight. And I, I now spend my life outside of my day job, basically looking to, to encourage and, and support as many people to basically follow this lifestyle as well, because it's, it's just so transformational. It's all about a self-awakening, you know, and being able to really, really reach your full human capacity, full capacity as a human being. So that is who I am and what I'm about. I love that. And that's 100% true. I feel the same way about fasting. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just about the weight loss. When you start to fast mm-hmm. and you start to transform your mind and how you think yes. and you're, yes. it, there's just so much more to it than just the weight loss. And like, I hope yeah. that this will help like our conversation that will help people understand that 
weight loss mm-hmm. is just a small part of it. I mean, it's a great tool for losing yeah. weight, but there's <laughs> so much more when it comes uh-huh. to fasting. So uh-huh. very beautiful story. I love it. I, I mean, like from Botswana to London, London, married to Scottish, like, oh, I don't know more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Monica, as you know, I think a lot of people who follow me know I was born into poverty in Africa, in, in Botswana. I, I was born in, in the early 80s when Botswana was still kind of up and coming. So mm-hmm. being born in rural Africa, I am partially sighted. I'm partially deaf in one ear. I was born with a, a terrible speech impediment. So I, you know, to have made that transition from kind of coming from that background to being where I am, where I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, my day job is that I am an investment manager. I look after assets for institutional clients or so pension funds, mutual funds, mm. ins- life insurance, my clients. And it's over 200 billion. So that is what I do as my day job. So to have made that transition from that young girl, the girl who is, who is coming from a village well, uh, carrying a bucket of water on my head to where I am right now. And this is why I am so passionate about human capacity. And of course, having grown up like that, I am no stranger to hunger because having, having grown up there, you, you know, mm. I have known what it is to be hungry. So fasting was kind of the return to, to source for me. Yeah, so which is why for me, fasting was more than just about weight loss. It was about kind of really, really remembering and that actually there is a lot that we all have to offer as human beings, that human capacity that gets lost in the noise of this world. And actually fasting is what really, really brought me back to that self-awareness and that self-awakening and then being able to unleash that human capacity. That is what has brought me from my origins to where I am at the moment. Wow. That's that's so amazing. How old were you when you moved to London? I was 19 when I moved to London and, and I had my backpack. That's all I had, my belongings. I only had a backpack and I didn't know how the money worked. I didn't know where I was going. It was pretty exciting and very scary at the same time. And I didn't have any family in London. All of my family are still in Botswana. So I did have to grow up very, very quickly <laughs> in, in a, a new environment. And obviously I've managed to adapt and I've been here for more than half my life. I mean, that's incredible. This, this is just the proof, you know, that anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything mm-hmm. you put your mind into, look at you going from that lifestyle to yes. becoming one of the, I mean, managing 200 million or billion investments. Billion, billion. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Do you work from home at the moment or? At the moment, I'm working from home. It's been over a year of working from home because obviously London just shut down with COVID and we've been sort of under lockdown and very Mm -hmm. short spells of being allowed to kind of mix with society. But mostly it's it's been a lockdown for over a year. So yes, and I actually love working from home, but I still miss my colleagues. I miss that human contact. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, 
let's just kind of start off with your fasting journey and yeah. how much, like, how did you get into the fasting? Let's start off with that. How did let's you find fasting? <laughs> it's a very, very strange story. It again comes back to what you and I talked about, Monica, about fasting being more than just about losing weight. Mm-hmm. So I, I had just lost my dad in 2019 and I was kind of going through the process of mourning him. And, and so I had YouTube in the background. I'm not subscribed to premium. So it just kind of has a picture, kind of a, a mix of calm music. And it was just playing one thing after another whilst I was doing housework. And then all of a sudden, this guy screams, hey, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> who's this maniac screaming hey fatty so I, for a moment I thought it was my husband and he had a death wish right <laughs> so, so I kind of paused and I was like hmm who is that so I turned around and there it was it was Cole Robinson and one of his v- videos had just come so it was by coincidence it just came through and it was hey fatty and he just started you know, his coal-like kind of onslaught. And it did catch my attention and I paused and I listened. And I then it got me thinking about fasting and actually doing more research on it. And actually at the time, Monica, I was desperate to find something to manage inflammation because I fell from a tree when I was a child and I have a shoulder injury from now. I was desperate to find a non- medication route towards managing the inflammation and the chronic pain. Mm -hmm. So that's what got me into fasting. It wasn't losing weight per se, although I would say that all of us women, especially we are having this constant, constant journey of, you know, trying to to make sure that we are a healthy weight. But Mm -hmm. my primary driver was, was, was to try to use the fasting to manage my chronic pain. And as I've said to you, Monica, What that did is that, you know, I got into it and it it was very, very difficult for me at the start. And I'll tell you why. It's because, as I mentioned, I manage about 200 billion plus of assets and, you know, in the city is a very fast, heart driven world. It's a world where it's very easy to lose yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a world where it's very, very easy not to put yourself first. And so I lost myself. And I had this chronic pain and I was medicating with a glass of wine every night. And then a glass of wine turns to two glasses of wine every night. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of drink a bit more at the weekend. And then you get into this gray area where you are not quite an addict, Mm -hmm. but you're using alcohol and other things to medicate. Medicate, yes. So exactly, to medicate. Mm -hmm. So I got into that cycle. So what fasting did for me is that I I started it and it was very, very hard. Some people start fasting, Monica, and immediately they they can do 48-hour fast or 72-hour fast or they could do a week. For me, it was hard because I had to, to undo the habits that I'd fallen into in order to manage the stress and you know, the the stress from my job, the stress from my lifestyle of commuting and being on the road, going all over the world, meeting investors, etc. So it took me quite a while to get into it. But once I got into it, and it took 
understanding the science behind it and just doing it and developing a routine and a routine that worked for me, for me to basically see results very, very quickly. So in terms of my journey, so I went from about sort of 94 kilos to about 59 kilos, which is about um, sort of a third, uh, sorry, a 70 pound loss. Mm. And it happened, a lot of it happened in a short space of time, sort of when the lockdown started at the beginning of 2020, I really took it seriously. And I just went into it and it took me sort of six months to kind of get from that highest weight to my kind of my goal weight. And I've been maintaining since and obviously kind of experimenting and tweaking my routine and also encouraging others along this journey. But 70 pounds, six months. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually the same thing. My journey kind of started (laughs) right in April, kind of similar with yours. Exactly. I know. (laughs) The majority of my weight loss was during that, that, I know six months. So I love I like know. we could be we could have been faster we could, together. Oh, we, yeah. we, we we honestly are. And I'll come back to one of the things, the biggest thing I've gained from this fasting focused lifestyle. So Monica in Zulu, so I'm part Zulu. I am part of the tribe of the Zulus being from the Bantu origin in Africa. The greeting in Zulu saying hello is Sawubona. Sawubona. Sawubona means I see you. Mm-hmm. And I see you, it's more than just being kind of polite in terms of I see you. It is, you are saying with every greeting, I recognize your worth mm. and your dignity as a human. And, you know, for me, I think that my philosophy is that we are all linked to source right we are all all human beings are linked to source in the same way that you've got the sun and then sun rays right yes so that's the source we are the race sun rays we are all linked to source and we are all linked to one another and then what happens is is that life happens you know situations happen the traumas of life happen you medicate with alcohol like I was and then you hide all of that with binge eating and it creates a lot of noise and then what you feel we get into the cycle as human beings where we are walking around we don't see our self-worth we don't see our self-dignity and we don't see that in others and and I would say that fasting caused me to to have that self-awakening of basically decluttering my world, mm. decluttering, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, mm. for me to be able to really mean it when I say to you, Monica Saubona, I really see you. I, I see your worth. I see your dignity. Mm. I see my connection to you as we are both connected to source Mm. and which actually builds into my philosophy. You know, for people who follow me, you will see that I, my philosophy is that, you know, things become easier where you do things from a place of self-love. So my fasting journey became easier, Monica, when I did it, when I was able to declutter through fasting and actually really go back to myself and recognize myself 
Mm. And then, then I started doing something from a place where I was being, you know, very compassionate with myself, right? Like from a place of self-love and then it just became easier and easier and easier. I love that because you can't, if you don't have self-love, compassion for yourself, you cannot help others. And it kind of shows through you, it shows through your face, you know, like you're like a ray of sunshine, like your smile, (laughs) your skin. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And it like that, it really shows through it. There's no, like, it's something you cannot fake. You cannot. And Uh, people, uh, people are drawn to that energy, you know, same thing, like, you know, yeah. I get messages from people all the time. It's like, I love that you're so real. You know, there's yes. not fake. Yes. And I'm like, I could not be fake. I, I don't yes. have that in my body. Yes, absolutely. The same way. And I love that because there's, it's so hard with social media and there's yes. so much out there, you know, yeah. just more followers, more this, more that. And, you know, I know. It's, it's not about that. It's like, yeah changing one life to me yes. it's more important than having like millions of followers it's absolutely. just this journey is it's just absolutely incredible and in order for you to actually experience it and yourself you have to go through it yourself you oh my god if anybody had told me i'd be talking like this monica about <laughs> two years ago i'd be telling them they're crazy like i am not a tree hugger like <laughs> so <laughs> It's like, no, that's the life for tree hugging folk. But no, so, so I'll, <laughs> like coming back to what we've been talking about, Monica, about sort of being real, being authentic to yourself and actually doing things from self-love. And I think for me, people come to me and it's like, okay, Nia, tell us how to do it. Shall I just buy snake juice? I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can arm you with the tools that will help you support your fast. But you've got to do this from a place of self-love and when you do that that's when you are able to keep carrying on when the scales don't move you still carry on when you make a mistake and you think you've messed up this is not a cult it's not a rigid diet where we're counting macros and we're weighing stuff you know you can have a night where you have a drink with friends to toast it's not a cult that you are actually literally it's a lifestyle you're doing it from a place of self-love you can't be so rigid in terms of any diet that is prescriptive and that is super rigid isn't sustainable it's going to be a lifestyle yeah and you you know you really do have to learn to forgive yourself I mean that was a hard thing for me because that maintenance yes you can lose weight fast but then you gotta get into this maintenance phase where you have to maintain Uh this weight and then there's one month I think or like two months where I regained like eight pounds I was like oh my gosh I'm freaking out you know I had a cheat meal and it's learn and I see this all the time in people and it's just really kind of forgiving yourself being able to Mm -hmm. forgive yourself and learning Mm -hmm. you know living through your mistakes and not like beating yourself up if you eat something bad or have a glass of wine or a cheat meal you know we tend to be so hard on ourselves and what happens usually we actually go deeper and into the binge because you're like up so yes (laughs) such a bad way of thinking and I've done that myself I've made a lot of mistakes and again it goes back to just being compassionate with yourself and Mm. 
loving yourself, forgiving yourself. When you, when you think of yourself as like your best friend and how you treat your best friend, you start to change. Like we are so hard on ourselves. Like we really are. Absolutely, Monica. I, you know, which is why I've I've just been so drawn to you throughout your journey, because I, I can see a lot of that you know all of these things in you as well right which is why your journey has been super inspiring to me personally and I think you know so you know (laughs) all of us every all of us get into patterns where you get into a negative loop right Mm -hmm. it happens you you get back from work you're tired you have a meal and you're lying on the sofa and you binge watch something and you fall asleep on the sofa, the lights are on, and then you wake up the following morning, you're groggy, you're tired, and then you think, oh, I'm just going to rest today, I'm, and then you binge eat, etc. And that kind of negative loop kind of keeps going on. And I think it's like a, vicious a lot of it cycle. happens. It's a vicious cycle. Really is. It's a vicious cycle. And I think why it's important to walk this journey from a place of self-love is that you are able to kind of pause and say actually okay I might have messed up yesterday and had this massive cheat meal but it's okay it's a lifestyle I'm not on a cult this is not a cult Mm -hmm. right right I can easily come out of that loop and actually get back on track and it's okay right Absolutely. So, you know, so so even though I have my a routine that is has basically worked for me in terms of losing weight, I did rolling 48s and 72s during that phase. Mm-hmm. I never really went Same. into long, 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 well. long fast. I know because I've been watching you as well. I thought <laughs> you and I had exactly the same journey yeah, at and exactly we didn't the even, same time, we didn't right? It. We did it at the same time. We did not even, I you know. did the walks and the 48, 72. So yeah. Yeah, tell people about what your plan, what you use to lose the 70. Mm. Like exactly, okay. Yeah. So for me, the key ingredient starting is, Again, you need to walk into this journey from a place of self-love again and compassion with yourself. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. To stop you there. So for somebody that doesn't have self-love and wants to start fasting, how do you walk into the self-love if you don't have it? You're very harsh. Like, how do you start? So I started by kind of, so first of all, Starting fasting, I needed to kind of do my own research about fasting. As I've said, I've, I had Cole talking about it and I did quite a lot of research because I needed to, there's a lot of negative connotations about fasting. It's going to, yes. it's bad for you. It's going to slow down your metabolism, blah, 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 blah. And we are taught that you, you've got to eat sort of several times a day. And I had to kind of educate myself in in order to know that I was walking into a safe space, Mm -hmm. right? And then I started fasting. So my routine, the routine that actually helped me lose weight was doing fasting as long as I could. I used snake juice initially, and then I ended up integrating dry fasting. So rolling 48s and 72s, and then 
I did Which clean for, for those who don't know, it means you fast for 48 hours, then you refeed, mm -hmm. then you fast yes. for 72 hours, then you refeed, refeed. and then you yes. do the same back and forth rolling. Because I've had exactly. people ask me that, what does that mean? So, oh, okay, <laughs> exactly. And before you and started this, you've never fasted longer than like 24 I had hours. never fasted before. So you jump right into it without previous fasting experience. I didn't have any fasting experience, but I'll tell you what. So as I said to you, Monica, my, it was tough for me at the start because I had had a very unhealthy lifestyle in terms of mm -hmm. just eating rubbish and, and drinking. So when I started, I tried to do a 48. It didn't work because I think Cole's suggestion was, okay, start with a 48. This is where the self-love came in into place because I was kind of beating myself up thinking, why can't I do this? And then I had to kind of get to a point where I was like, okay, I've got to listen to myself. I've got to be compassionate with myself in order for this to work because I kept trying. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was hard for some people it's easy for me personally, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. So I started then kind of listening to my body. So initially I then kind of clean eating, OMAD, so mm -hmm. I, 48 wouldn't work. So I thought, okay, Neil, try all much then. That's what I did. So, so I did per day. one meal a day. Mm -hmm. So I started with that. And even that was a challenge because obviously I had a lot that I was carrying inside mm -hmm. of me in terms of the bad habits that had built up in my body. Yeah. So I started with my one meal a day. So I basically said, okay, I can't do 48, go back to actually doing what I can do. So I did one meal a day, refeeding clean, sort of. So I followed the Cole's guidance about having kind of high protein, high fiber, high fat refeed. So very, very clean. And I guess, you know, for me, I think it's all about trying things and finding what works for you. For me, it just so happens that that worked for me. For some people, it won't work, right? Mm -hmm. but for me, it worked. So I did that for several weeks, two, three, four weeks, just really, really doing that. And throughout that period, I was researching about fasting, about keto ketosis. I didn't know any of this. I'd never. So I then spent a month kind of getting keto adapted, right? Mm -hmm. So by the time I was ready to then extend my fast, it was a lot easier because I was coming from a point where my body was basically adapted mm. to kind of fasting, to being in ketosis. And I was basically checking my levels of ketosis every day, et cetera, et cetera. And then transitioning into longer fast such as 48s and 72s then became easier. So that is how, so for me, a journey of, being kind of kind to myself has had to come about by kind of trial and error, Monica. It doesn't come overnight. Even now, I still, you know, there are times where I'm so hard on myself, like, oh my God, I just binged last week, right? But, you know, it's a constant journey. It's about constantly kind of reminding yourself that it's okay to not stick to plan as long as you are able to go back onto it again. So it was the fasting and then, you know, refeeds or eating when you have fasted, you know, it's so important what you eat. As you always say yourself, Monica, you don't want to undo yes. all the hard work. work. 
<laughs> Just to kind of go back to, and I'm glad you mentioned this because I, mm. I do find it that sometimes people are so hard on themselves. They're like, why can't I go over 24 hours? Why can't I? That, it's just so hard. And like, you are just an example right there. Mm. Just listening to your body. You know, it is okay. Yeah. Just if you have yeah. to even start with two mat, do a, yes. two meals a yes. day. Yeah. You know, you yeah. are your own. You listen to your body, your mind. Mm. Sometimes your mind needs healing. Mm. You know, fasting mm-hmm. is so mental. Like if yes. you are not yes. mentally prepared, you're not going to be able to do it. And that's happened to me. And I've done my longest fast was seven days. And I still get to moments where I can't even go 48 hours because my mind is not there. So it is okay. If you're out there, one of those people that, you know, you beat yourself up because you cannot go longer than 24 hours. That's okay. Just keep going. 24 hours is okay. You know, maybe. It's still good. It's so good. Did you lose any weight? Like, did you some weight during those 24 hours uh, when you did mm. the OMAD? Before yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that was like a little jump start. You know, you were able to kind of balance those chemicals, those serotonin, dopamine re- receptors in your brain. Absolutely. And that makes a huge difference. Sometimes it's not our fault. The food industry, the crap <laughs> that they put in our food, the alcohol, it really it is, is a drug. Food is, is. is a drug. And it is a yeah. You know, it is hard sometimes to control those urges, those cravings, because yeah. our food industry really is just the worst. So it don't is. beat yourself up, clean up your diet, let mm. your brain, let those receptors kind of balance mm. out mm. and then try it when you're ready. So again, uh, everybody's on their own journey. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that's such an important thing to mm-hmm. To talk about because there's mm. so many people out there that you know they give up on fasting because they can't yeah. go over you know even if you have to start <laughs> with 16 hour fast that's fine too yeah that's fine yeah that's, that's fine started yeah yeah Nothing absolutely and that. I guess coming back to your point around it's all in the mind oh my god this is so spot on Monica it's it's all a mind thing if you want to change anything in your life And I did have to go through this fasting journey to kind of defog, to learn all of these things. If you want to change anything in your life, Mm -hmm. it all has to start with you convincing your mind and your heart. Yes, absolutely. Your mind and your heart. And that is where your why comes in and really, really, really owning your why in your heart, in your mind. And I say to people, to my girlfriends who I support, I say, look, you need to have a red table conversation with yourself. Do you know Jada Pickett does the red table thing where you need to have a real conversation with yourself. Come to Jesus with yourself. Come to Jesus with yourself. (laughs) And just, you know what I mean? You know, because you can't, you can fool anybody, but you ain't going to fool yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And once you have that and your why and, you know, your heart, and your mind and your heart are aligned to your purpose, then you then apply the tools to implement the change. And then if things don't go according to what you're planning, because they won't, because this is life, mm-hmm. stuff happens because your why is so strong and your mind and your heart are so aligned you are still able to be consistent, to be persistent 
But it all starts with you actually really having that Jesus moment come into Jesus moment. And if you haven't convinced your heart and your mind about the change, you will give up. And that's why a lot of people give up. And it's not just on fasting, it's on any kind of change that people are trying to implement. Because it is hard. And, and, you know, even people that I coach, like I can't make them do anything. Yeah. I can support them, show them, you know, how to do certain things. Mm -hmm. But first Mm -hmm. thing I tell everyone, get out your journal and write down your lies because that's what's going to keep you going. I cannot convince you to fast. I mean, and Mm -hmm. I have clients that struggle with things in their lives Mm -hmm. and sometimes they just quit. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if Mm -hmm. you're not ready, you're not, you're not going to succeed. And I can't be ready. You have to be the one that decides okay, I'm ready for this change. And, you know, it takes journaling, it takes a lot of self love, daily yes. reminders of self love, mm-hmm. and just relearning this, this habits and forgiving yourself, because you're gonna make mistakes, you know, you're not gonna like, oh, throw all your junk food out of yeah. the house and be like, I'll never <laughs> cheat again. It's not, no. We're not. Mm-mm. No, it's not going to happen. It's, it's not a cult, as always. And I mean, coming back happens. to your point, Monica. <laughs> it still um, happens to me. Like, it happens all the time. I still, yeah. you know, have my bad days. And then I just yeah. have to snap out yeah. of it. And of course. Of course. Can I also say, sort of coming back to what you said, oh, my God, I just love you so much, Monica. You are like my <laughs> twin, right? Same, <laughs> yes. Coming back to, to what you were saying earlier around how we spend a lot of time with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time with ourselves and we spend a lot of time saying a lot of things to ourselves, right? The negative talk, the self-doubt, mm-hmm. etc., etc. which is why, you know, you will have those thoughts. You will have the doubts, you will think, oh, am I doing enough? And I think, which is why it's so important to basically walk this fasting focused lifestyle from a place of compassion with yourself and self-love and basically being able to engage with those kind of thoughts, thoughts from a place of positivity to say, actually, but you are on this journey. You've learned this. You've achieved this. Be grateful for this celebrate this look at how many people you are encouraging to basically change their lives monica did you know what i mean it is about kind of constantly being able to to speak positively to yourself as well whilst you are on this journey because even us monica who have lost weight and are being looked up to by others we do still have this journey as well you know to maintain etc etc and it's just important that you know, for it to be a lifestyle, you know, you have to be able to ingrain that kind of positivity and know how to engage with the negative thought processes that might arise throughout this journey. Absolutely. So how do mm-hmm. you manage your those negative thoughts and things that happen or not, not maybe binges yeah. or maybe things that happen throughout your journey? How do you manage those things yourself? Okay, so it's very interesting. And some people might think that it's some kind of tree hugging stuff. But <laughs> I believe everything comes from love. 
I believe because I think everything comes from source, from love. Some people call it God. Some people call it source. Everything comes from love. Mm-hmm. And I feel that when I have negative emotions or negative thoughts I feel that those are triggers for me to reaffirm my love for self Mm. so when I have a negative thought to the point of okay Nia but you had a glass of wine yesterday it's kicked you out of ketosis then I'll be like yeah but I'm killing it still I'm still you know, eating clean and I'm on this fasting focused lifestyle and I'm a boss bitch. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, you know, when I feel like, you know, seeing with social media as well, Monica, you see kind of these people who seem to be doing so well. And then you think, oh my gosh, should I be doing more? Should I be doing A, B, C, D? And then I have to, to pause and say, okay, Nia, you grew up in rural Africa where you had nothing. You grew up in a mud hut. You are now in this beautiful house with your beautiful husband. Be grateful for that. So it's being able to, for me, I feel that even those negative thought processes, a way of linking me to source and to love, they are triggers for me to be constantly reminding myself and speaking positively to myself. So every time a negative thought arises, I counter it. I'm like, yes, but I'm a boss bitch, but I'm this, yeah. but I'm you doing this. Basically turn it into mm. gratefulness for how grateful yes. you are. And gratefulness does that. Like it really, when you wake up in the morning and you are grateful for what you mm-hmm. have, what you have accomplished, it just really changes that energy about your day, your life. Yes. So learning to be grateful for the things that you do have every single day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. And then another thing that I think has been very helpful for me, Monica, is, and I never thought I would ever say this in my life, meditation. Mm. Yes. Do you meditate I never thought daily? I meditate daily. Mm-hmm. And more recently, I've even incorporated Wim Hof breathing yes I love Wim Hof oh he's yes yes and it's very difficult actually people don't realize Mm -hmm. that it takes a huge effort it is an exercise to meditate Mm -hmm. meditation is an exercise Mm -hmm. and even the Wim Hof breathing exercises it is an exercise but I promise you you have to try meditation Mm -hmm. and Wim Hof breathing exercises in order to believe it and anybody who has never tried it be prepared to be surprised I'm the biggest critic because you know I am very analytical I read math at university I said I'm so analytical so for me I I was the biggest critic of all of these so be prepared to be surprised yeah look him up definitely if you have never heard of Wim Hof actually look him up because When I came back last year from, I was actually in Africa and Ethiopia, I came back with a major asthma attack and had never knew I had asthma. So I started doing Wim Hof breathing. And basically what it is, is you hold your breath. You do a lot of, like you do 30 breaths, right? In and out and out. And then you hold your breath as long as you can. And so initially, like my lungs were so bad, like I could not even go over a minute and within oh, wow. like a couple of weeks, I was able to get up to three minute breath hold. 
So yes. it's something amazing about the, the his breathing me- method. Like look him up. Yes. I don't want to go too into it right now because we would need like another podcast about it. But <laughs> it's incredible. Like he and his story is so incredible. His wife committed suicide, and he, that's yes, when he started is, getting yeah. into like the cold and breathing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in, me- in learning meditation and breathing, look him up. Incredible. And I found meditation to be one of the the most powerful tools for supporting a fasting focused lifestyle as well as with Wim Hof breathing exercises. That's amazing. I love it. Mm. So how have you so far so after losing 70 pounds what have you been doing to maintain? Like what are you currently doing? So I would say I've continued. So I've kind of I've I've looked to find the things that I love in my journey so that this journey can be sustainable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So in terms of my fasting, I do OMAD mostly, and then I do a 48 once a week because I can, but I am, I am too lean now to do long-term fasts. I, I have recently just done a long fast, but you know, I, f- I find that it's not as easy when you are lean to actually do real extended fast. So I do all mad and I throw in a 48 once a week or once every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I find that I am still very, very lean. I still continue to kind of maintain my weight quite effortlessly. I maintain clean refeeds. So I'm, I'm still kind of not drinking as much alcohol or any alcohol at all in fact I barely ever drink except for birthdays to toast and then so so keeping my refeeds clean and tight eating windows so I'm, I'm really maintaining the things that have got me to where I am the mm-hmm. habits walking I I didn't mention walking earlier it was one of the main tools that mm. supported my fasting journey and the weight loss journey, Monica, because as I've said, I've got a shoulder issue, a shoulder injury from childhood. So I'm very limited in terms of what I can do. It doesn't trigger the inflammation. So walking was great. And so I did a lot of that. You, how much did you walk? Because I did the same so, thing because everything was closed. The gyms were closed <laughs> when I started. So Walking is all I did, like actually bought a treadmill exactly. and I walked outside as well. But how much did you walk initially when you started this journey? Like what was your daily? So I did about 5K a day, but it's important to start where you are. For mm-hmm. some people, 5K a day is even a lot. This is why you and I, Monica, are saying that this is all, it's a journey about self-love. Mm-hmm. Start where you are and do what you can do. Just make sure that you're able to do something. So I started with 5K and now I do about 8K a day. And it's so easy. It's part of my daily habit. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and I have to do my walk. It's just my way of meditation, sp- spending time by myself. And it's, beca- it's become so easy. So right now I do about 8K. But when I first started, I could only do about 5K. Mm-hmm. And I could do m- maybe 5K three times a week. And then I ended up just building up, building up. And now I do 8K a day. Some days I can't do it because, you know, life gets in the way. But most of the time I'm doing about 8K a day. What do you do when you walk? Do you listen to like books or podcasts? Yeah. Or do you, what, what's your typical routine? So the tip to walking is, yes, I'll listen to some of your podcasts, Monica. Oh, yay. Yay. <laughs> so listening to podcasts. So my tips are 
call a friend because I promise you the journey goes by so quickly. You won't even realize you're walking because you're busy. You're so busy. Yes. I know. You're busy. It's, It's so call a friend. You could listen to a podcast. I also listen to audio books. Mm-hmm. I love reading. I have shared some of the books that I've read. I think you and I read almost the same books as well, <laughs> Monica. It's all about this kind of... Because you're my twin sister, obviously. So. I know. <laughs> exactly. I promise you, everybody, we are not exchanging notes. It's just happened. It's, it's coincidence, right? <laughs> Everything you say is exactly what I do. It's like, and we have it yeah. Spoken before. I know. I know. Week, really. I know. But I found that that I found that, that the more I did it, the more it's just become a part of me. I have to wake up, and the first thing I do, which is why repetition is important in this journey. Fasting, you just have to keep doing it, and the more you do it, you get used to it. Repetition what? forms habit. You're building eating new habits. Mm. You're building new mm. habits, and you're staggering. Mm-hmm just habits with other things that you enjoy doing. So like if you associate the walks with like, oh, I got to go for a walk, I lose weight, mm-hmm. like I want to do it. But if you no, associate no. going for a walk with your children, for example, yes. or calling your friend or somebody you haven't talked to in a while yeah. or listening to mm-hmm. podcasts, our yeah. podcast that we do. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and books, like same thing. If you yes. associate yeah. that with something positive, like a positive, positive reinforcement you're gonna mm-hmm. want to do it you're gonna look forward to yeah. it because I am the same way like in the evening like if the weather is bad and I cannot go outside mm-hmm. for a walk it's hard like I don't sleep as yeah. well it's relaxed yeah. uh-huh. like turn off your mind it's like your self-care like you Absolutely. think of it as self-care it's not yes. you're not doing this for weight loss you're doing it for no. mental health Absolutely. And and another thing that I didn't mention as well that I've carried on doing, which I did to support my fast is, and I know some people buy into this, Monica, initially, but it takes a while for some people to buy into it, is actually taking in your salts to support your fasts. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, there are people who still think that it's you know, it's okay to fast with just water and you can do long, long, long periods with water. And to those people who haven't bought into it, I'd say, just do your research. Your body does need some salts. We are deficient in some salts, sort of magnesium, you know, your potassium, and it is important. And if you then have, again, that change of mindsets, you are essentially giving your body the salts that it needs, even if you were not fasting, mm-hmm. the body needs those salts anyway, and we are deficient in them. So yes. this journey is just effectively bringing to awareness something that you ought to be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. And salts aren't bad. It's actually sugar that's not so good for you. Well, there's so much misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. And so I urge everyone to do their own research. When I fast and I'm, and I know I have enough salt in my body, I feel Mm -hmm. so much better. And I've done a seven day fast with just plain water. And in comparison to having electrolytes in your water, it is game changer. And, you know, there are people out there that don't believe in any outing, anything on the fast. They call it a dirty fast. I don't call it a dirty fast. You know, I think (laughs) It's your body needs it. And as a matter of fact, yeah. if you just drink lots of straight plain water, 
when you're fast and you are in ketosis, you can actually get into some very dangerous heart yeah. rhythms with Absolutely. electrolyte mm. deficiencies because you will pee mm. out most of your sodium mm. and then mm. potassium goes next mm. after sodium. So mm. it is, again, don't listen, you know, obviously we're not doctors. So no, we're not no. telling you what to do, always consult your own doctor and do your own, oh, own okay. research. But mm. yes, look up snake juice, salts, and just try it, try it. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So yes. So my routine now is just that is I, I am fasting every day, even though I am on a very, very lean now. I still fast. I don't eat three meals a day. It, it would be impossible for me to go back to that lifestyle. I eat clean. I'm, I'm maintaining the habits that got me to where I am, where I'm eating clean and I'm keeping my windows tight, my refeed windows tight. Mm-hmm. And then I, I move. So I'm, I'm walking every day. That is my, my me time. It's my meditative time. I listen to podcasts, I listen to books. And then, you know, so so it's basically maintaining the habits that have got me to where I am. And now that I'm lean, I feel that I need to build muscle. So I've started incorporating sort of weights into my routine, mm-hmm. which I believe is going to make me even stronger and potentially support healing my shoulder injury as well. Mm-hmm. So those are my key kind of core ingredients. But obviously sleep is important as well. Just making sure that you're getting enough sleep. Mm. You're no good to anybody burnt out. And deprivation of sleep will, will basically cause you to retain water. So getting enough sleep is super, super important. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Again, it's that me time, Monica. So I have learned to, you know, to devote some kind of me time to meditation, to doing Wim Hof breathing exercises, even if it's in the morning, sort of 5 a.m., first thing, 10 minutes, and then I know that I've done it, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just part of my habit. So that is what I'm doing right now to maintain. When do you eat your meal, your your one one meal a day? My, uh-huh. So a lot of people ask me this, and I would love to say I eat it during the day, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I have had I I have had to fit this with my lifestyle. My husband is out working. We eat meals. The only thing that we can do during the week together is to eat together. It's our family time. Mm-hmm. So we eat in the evenings about seven p.m. So that's when I eat my meal. I would like to eat it earlier, but then I'm working from home. He's out and then he comes back. So, and then even when I'm back to commuting post COVID, I will get home in the evening. So it's inevitable that we will have our dinner around seven. And it's always been like that, Monica, Mm -hmm. I'd have loved for our meal to be in the morning or at lunch or whatever, but, but it's just never been able to be possible, but I've managed to lose weight. Look at me. I've still lost yeah. 70 pounds. And that's the thing. There, is not though, a, yeah. there isn't a cookie cutter approach. You have to do sometimes what works for you. If, if having a dinner with your family is important and Cole says, don't eat after six, I <laughs> then you know yeah. what? Sometimes, I mean, look, you've lost weight. I eat in the evening yeah. myself. Yeah. I don't eat super yeah. late, but sometimes yeah. I eat at seven when I go yeah. out to dinner with friends. Yeah. So again, it's what works for you in your lifestyle. If if you can fit it into your lifestyle, you are mm. more likely to sustain it. 
can you like share what you normally eat? Like how many calories do you yes. calories or how much, what do you normally So again, with food, there is no one size fits all because if you are going to give somebody a priest, a prescribed diet is mm -hmm. going to fail. All of us, you need every individual, you need to find what you love to eat that basically is going to support your journey. So for me, what I love to eat is, and, you know, I have kind of five tried and tested meals. So mainly protein is either kind of salmon, sea bass, so some type of fish or chicken, and it's normally grilled. And I love spices. So my husband will make sure that he does all the cooking. So I've taught him very, very well. <laughs> you did. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so he'll, he'll kind of make sure that it's kind of seasoned to my taste or to our taste and then salmon and then sorry. So, so protein is either chicken or fish and then sometimes steak and then vegetables. So usually broccoli or zucchini or green beans. I love green beans as well. I saw that you love green beans. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> or I'll do a salad. My favorite salad is like a, a, a mixture of tomato, on red onions, and avocado. Mm. And I don't say that I've ever, ever counted any calories on this journey, Monica. I don't, I'm not going to say that I've never weighed my food. I have had a mixture of those things. So a protein and veg. And then I've basically eaten until I'm full and I would normally have fruit, sort of low sugar content fruit, because everybody has a sweet tooth, right? Yeah. Let's not beat about fruit, the bush, right? Fruit is, fruit <laughs> is the nature's candy, right? So, it is. Yeah. It is. Mm. It is. So, so berries, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. And the most important thing to note about food as well is that some people, you know, people have families, right? And a lot of us have kids. You can have, so one of the girls I'm helping, who is my cousin, says to me, oh my God, I can't eat the stuff that I have to eat because my family likes this. And I'm like, okay, you need to figure out what works for you mm. that your family will also eat. Because if you are eating something that's completely different to your family, it's going to feel like you are on a diet. Mm -hmm. It's going to feel restrictive. So it's important that you kind of get to a point where you five or so meals sort of that work for the whole family. Yeah. And that also, because not only are you then integrating this healthy living lifestyle to your family your family start eating healthily as well and then they'll get used to it like my husband eats what I eat and he's a high performance athlete he cycles over 100 miles a week but he eats what I eat he might put in sort of carbs so a baked potato or two with his meal etc but he still eats he what I eat as well does he live a fasted focused lifestyle or Do you know he didn't initially but now he eats one meal a day wow. with me wow. it's like when you do certain things mm -hmm. and your family start to see change and then it's your it's your change that basically influences people mm -hmm. you know the famous quote when Noah built the ark he wasn't waiting or he didn't listen to all of the haters about how good his work was mm -hmm. he just built it and then he let the storm do the talking right mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So your results will do the talking. You do what you need to do. Don't and listen then people to the naysayers. Yeah, don't listen to the naysayers. Just like yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Go through your journey. And the people that are inspired by your journey, they are going to follow. And you don't have to convince anyone to do anything. No. No, like even no. your husband, you never, I'm sure you never had to be like, no, oh, no, he just, no, never. Mm-hmm. he's just, he's just over time, just gone on to the same journey as me. And now he, I think if I told him that he's doing all mad, he, he might actually rebel and actually go the other way. So I just have to keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I don't know if you've seen Cole's newest video that he just posted and he talks about how now he doesn't think like OMAD, not to do OMAD, just do like smaller meals, like every four hours, because it OMAD causes people to feel like that that full feeling and it causes them to binge even more. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thought on that because I, I mean, I'm partial again. I think it's what works for different yes. people. Like for me, OMAD worked well because I had a binge eating mm. issue. Yeah. And I yeah. like, if I yeah. ate at noon and then yeah. again at two and again at four, yeah. Yeah. I would probably not be able to stop because I would want to just eat all the time and knowing yeah. that, okay, this is it. I'm going to sit and eat. But not yeah. to the point where I'm like, Stop. I know exactly but where you're satisfied. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's learning to eat intuitively, not just like yes. how many calories, but just kind of like, yeah. okay, mindful. Yeah, mindful, mindful eating. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like the stuffed feeling, you prefer to maybe eat a meal at two like mm. a small meal, and then eat one at six, then sure, do mm. it. I don't think there is a cookie cutter approach. I think no. it's learning what works for you. So was, I was interested to know if you've seen his recent yeah. video. So I haven't seen the video. And I guess I would say I 100% agree with you, Monica. This journey is about experimenting with what works for you, which is why it is a journey that should be driven from self-love and self-awareness and you finding what works for you and what's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Similar to you, and I would never knock anybody who feels that they, can, that they should eat four small meals a day. If that works for you, that's all right. Yeah. For me and my lifestyle, similar to you, Monica, what has worked for me is kind of in order to be kind of mindful about what I eat and intentional about what I eat and how I eat and how much I eat, OMAD has worked very, very well for me. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about my day, getting up, I'm on the train, going into London, and then I'm out there every day, you know, there's food everywhere. And it's very easy to grab a sandwich because it's that time to eat. It's very easy mm-hmm. to kind of think, okay, else is I, eating, so I have to eat, you know, it's lunchtime, yeah. I got to eat, you know. It's very, very easy. So for me, the discipline of being intentional about when I eat and what I eat has been transformational. And then it's helped me control what actually goes into my body. Because that one meal, then I am then mindful and I'm conscious of what's actually going into my body. So I wouldn't knock anybody. As you said, Monica, it's all about listening to your body and then doing, finding what works for you and sticking with it. For me, OMAD works beautifully and even it has helped me maintain my weight, continue to be trim. And I'm sticking with that. Mm -hmm. 
if it, and, it, and you know who yeah. knows i mean maybe six months from six months from now you'll be like you know i'm gonna do too much yeah. that's fine yeah. you know it's, that's fine it's okay to change your mind and change what's going on this is not a cult Absolutely. exactly this is and, not a cult it's about experimenting with your body and sometimes and finding what works for you yeah, yeah and sometimes i think people get so like caught up with like oh now cult says do this you know cole is learning through his experiences people that yes. he coaches you yeah. know, like if something that he taught like three years ago works for you, do it. Yeah. But if oh, you want absolutely. to try something else, do it. Doesn't mean that yeah. it's wrong. Doesn't mean that absolutely. he's wrong now or he was wrong back then. He's no, learning no. through his own. But I, I see people sometimes they get so caught up in it and they cannot yeah. get past like, okay, well now we, I can't do this. Well, I can't do all that now because no. Cole says not to do it. If it no. works for you, do it. If I know. it doesn't work, Try something else. Try what Cole yeah. is teaching now. So yeah. don't get caught up in it. Everybody is different. It's your own journey and you have to figure out what works for you. Absolutely. And I guess Cole also says that he is the first person who said it. He said, look, you have to experiment mm -hmm. to a point where you find what works for you and then you stick with that. Yeah. But just Absolutely. Do for you, don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to try yeah. different things. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not failing by trying different things. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Beautiful. Good. So, are you? Do you currently coach uh, people? Do you do you do any weight loss coaching or any fast? So, so at the moment, I'm not coaching per se because my job is so full on. But I do have women who I support. So I've got a group that's called my Life of Self Love, and it's only because it's just a bunch of women started off as friends. Mm -hmm. who were just kind of going on a journey together is it on at the facebook? start of the year is it on Sorry? Facebook? is it on excuse me is it, it is on, on facebook, facebook and it's called of my life of self-love my life of self-love oh i have to yeah. join it is it open for yeah. anyone it's open is is open yeah. for anyone yes women my life of self -love. or just women is it it's both? women it's, it's women. women okay yes it's women okay. it started as a bunch of girlfriends and it's it. now grown to being kind of a couple of hundred girls. And we're just there supporting each other. And I just share fasting information with them. I share my journey with them. And then there are a handful of people who have reached out to me on social media wanting coaching. And I'm just supporting them during my extra time. I've, I've not really started that journey of being a formal coach but I plan to do that in a few months time when everything settles down and we're back out of COVID and everything but for now I am very happy to support people you know you can DM me on Instagram I'm Neil That's underscore fun. Mookie underscore Watson or even on Facebook I'm very very open to provide assistance to answer any questions and do join our group it's everything. Maybe it's not, not just mm. one thing. If, yeah, you know, the nutrition, the fast, yes. the mental relationship, yes. the self-love, yeah. like it's like a whole cycle. Like you've got it to, it's everything together. You cannot it lose is. weight and maintain it. If you got, your life is a freaking tornado. It's no. almost no. impossible everything. because as soon as you have that terrible day, this, you had a rough day with your, you know, got in a fight with your husband you're going yeah, yeah, yeah. to reach for the comfort food because you yeah, haven't learned absolutely. to comfort yourself and know yeah. that you are worthy. Your self-love yes. 
is yes. enough. You don't need somebody else or no, or job, you know, no, you don't. Terrible. You, you don't. can come home and still know that you know what? I am worthy. I don't yes. need food. I don't need yes. you know treats like a dog. I know absolutely. <laughs> But at the same time, it, this doesn't happen overnight. Like this yeah. didn't happen for me overnight. It took time. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, no. I worked on this for six months at least, and I make tons of mistakes. I still do. I still have negative talk, self-talk. Yes. Yes. It is just part of it. And it's just learning to, to, incorporate new habits new way of thinking waking up in the morning and saying to yourself i am enough no matter what happens today i am enough i do not need validation from my job from from anybody from anyone yes from anybody great if you get the validation from from other people or compliments that's awesome but Mm -hmm. you shouldn't expect those things because you should start to learn no even right now even if you're 400 pounds you should know that you are enough. Just yeah. because you're overweight, your weight does not define you. Define and you. I think yeah. you have to start with believing in that. Yes, you've mm. gained weight. And we both have, you know, I've been mm. myself. I know. Yeah. Gained weight because I've struggled with other things in my life. I was in yeah. yeah. to work through certain things in my, mm. my mind. So I use food as a comfort. So yeah. it yeah. will happen, but it doesn't yeah. define you as a person. No, no. So Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I would also add to that, that I think when you are going through this journey as well, I describe it to the girls who I support that it's about progress, not perfection. Mm, yes. It's a bit like, you know, archery, you know, with archery, there's the, the big red mm. dot in the middle, and then you've got the other circles around it. You are not going to always hit the middle. Mm-hmm. And just because you're not hitting the middle doesn't mean that you're not succeeding or that you're not making progress. Even if you hit the rings on the other side of the outer edge of the bit in the middle, mm-hmm. you are still clogging points. You are still making progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The most important thing is you are aiming for the target and you will get there, right? So I just want, I think it's important also to also recognize that this isn't, you know, it's not a journey about getting stuff perfect, getting the measurements right, because it is a lifestyle. It's a long-term lifestyle. And it's about kind of being able to recognize the progress that you're making. What are the three things that you wish you had known before about anything, rather diet, fasting, life in general. And I'm sure we probably have touched on these things before, but what are the three things that you wish you had known sooner? The top of that list is alcohol. Mm, Good one. I want to touch on that actually, because I had the same issue. Alcohol became one of those things, one glass of wine and two. Mm-hmm. And then when COVID started, it was like a whole bottle. Yeah. And then you know, you're like so dependent on the wine, yeah. uh-huh. enjoying it, but you, you know, it's not good for you. Alcohol mm-hmm. is a toxin. And you it mentioned is. this, we talked, you yeah. mentioned, yeah. Can you kind of touch on the alcohol and just kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So alcohol is a toxin and that's a conversation for another podcast but it's a toxin which is why you are 
if you drink too much, you are said to be intoxicated because you are then full of toxins. You have filled your body with toxins Mm -hmm. and then the liver has to spend, you know, there's a whole physiology Mm -hmm. around it, but the liver then has to spend a lot of time basically kind of trying to rid itself of the toxin and it dehydrates you. The following day you lose time, you feel like rubbish, you get into this negative loop. You then feel that you need to feed your body with certain types of food in order to to counteract the effects of the hangover. And then it just goes on and on and on. It's the negative loop. So for me, I wish I knew, it's empty calories. I wish I knew early on. I wish somebody had told me early on that actually if I did cut back on my alcohol, my journey would get by much, much quicker Mm. and it would become much easier in terms of my fasting, in terms of my weight loss, and also in terms of finding self and being able to Mm. see my own worth. And in order for me to be able to see, you know, that I am enough and Mm. et cetera, et cetera. So I would say that the number one thing for me is alcohol. I think if I'd known about that, and I'm not saying, you know, that, you know, you shouldn't ever have alcohol, blah, blah, blah. I think if you don't want to, that is your choice. I still take a glass or two to toast, you know, to my friends, uh, birthdays, my husband's birthday, but I absolutely limit it to the bare minimum that I need to take for those social occasions. And I would say that the second thing that I, I wish I knew was that this journey is more than just about adjusting your food intake or getting kind of moving, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because most mainstream diets concentrate on what you should eat, mm-hmm. and they concentrate on how to exercise, and but they basically forget that this is all about a mindset, Mm-hmm. And it's about a whole change of mindset and changing habits. And I think if I'd known, I think if somebody had taught me that at the outset, started off with that as, as the, mm. the entry point to say, this is about a change of mindset. It's about knowing that you're worthy. It's about, mm. you know, doing this also from a place of self-love. And this is what it means. And mm. you're going to make mistakes, et cetera, et cetera then I'd have been prepared going into the journey because a lot of people go into the, the, the kind of weight loss journey, health, healthy living journeys without that knowledge. And that's why a lot of people stop and then they end up mm-hmm. quitting when they feel that the scales are moving, you know, it's too hard, et cetera, et cetera. And then they're hard on themselves and then they stop. So we've got to really change how we guide people through this journey by not jumping straight into just the mechanics of the journey itself, but just the mindset change and Mm. preparing them for what is to come. Mm. And then the final thing I wish I knew, I think I talked about this and I think it feeds into the whole thing about self-love. I wish I knew about kind of meditation. I think for me, it's been the, the strongest tool for me being able to maintain my weight loss, for me being able to 
to be connected to myself and to source and to others and being able to, to do what I'm able to do every single day, which is a lot, which is kind of my day-to-day job, being able to support the people who I'm supporting who are on this journey, being able to be a wife and still kind of everything still kind of holding together. It's all down to meditation. I love that. Those are all great. Love that. I do want to go back and I know this could be, we could make another podcast about this actually. Yeah. Because it's such a big issue out there, I think. And with so many people that I know personally that struggle with this. Yeah. How did you stop drinking, basically? How yes. did that process? <laughs> I know, I mean, this could be like I know. another podcast. No, 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 it's fine. Any, it any is tips? another podcast. Yeah. yeah, any tips for people? And I, I get it. Like, if you're one of those people that kind of, especially during COVID, like started drinking more and drinking more, it's not your fault. Yeah. I mean, it happens, you know, which is, it's like another comfort thing. Alcohol becomes that, yeah. you know, one hour, yeah. two hours of just forgetting about life and the world the next day you get into this vicious cycle of chasing that you know whatever that feeling of Mm. numbness you know you basically become Mm. kind of numb when you start drinking how did you what did you do to to help yourself with just quitting not not drinking and just being able to have a drink occasionally on the birthday or or new year's or whatnot I think it happened over time because I I think I was in that gray area where you're not quite an addict, but but you're, (laughs) do you know what I mean? But you're pretty close. You're pretty Mm -hmm. close. So I would say that it, it started with the fasting because when I started doing my kind of OMAD, because I I said that I started kind of with OMAD initially, Mm -hmm. I told myself, okay, I'm not going to drink during the week. I'm going to try not to drink during the week and just do all mad. Because if I drank during the week, even if it's one glass, it's going to undo all of the work I've done all day to build up to this. And I have to say, it was very, very hard not to have a glass of wine. One of the things was to just move the bottles of wines out of sight. I mean, we used mm-hmm. to have like a bottle of red on the counter And then there'd always be a bottle of wine, the white in the fridge. And I loved my fizzes. I mean, I even wanted my husband to make me a champagne room to to transform one of our bedrooms into a champagne room. So it's sort of practical steps of saying, okay, we're not going to drink during the week and we'll leave the drinking to the weekend. Other practical steps of saying, okay, We're going to put drinks out of sight. The bottle's out of sight. Then the temptation isn't there in front of you. Out of sight, out of mind, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. And then it moved to being a weekend thing. Mm -hmm. And then we would always kind of limit ourselves. Okay, we wouldn't drink until dinner with dinner. And we'd say, okay, it, it would be a bottle of wine between us. And then eventually with the fasting, it just kind of evolved where my body, because I was fasting and I was allowing myself to listen to how things affected my body, mm-hmm. I was able to, to really feel the effects of wine in my body. And then I didn't really care for it then. So I guess it was about taking practical steps initially, just practical because you are close to being an addict or you are kind of used to drinking. So 
taking practical steps to put drinks out of sight, have a commitment with your partner about how much you would drink and when you would drink and limiting it to weekends. And then eventually, because you're fasting, you then allow your body to basically feel that this isn't really affecting my body that great. So maybe there's no mm-hmm. point doing it. And eventually I stopped. But another thing, Monica, is that my dad drank himself to death, right? Mm-hmm. So I think part of it and was kind of driven by just recognizing that I might have gone down a very different path if I had stuck to the path that I was going down and it was starting to affect my productivity is that negative loop right and I just thought okay I need to try something else and see if this something else might lead me down a different path and thankfully it did and you know an alcohol when you first start drinking or when you start to drink more and more you know that glass of wine it does you associate it with like this nice buzz this like relaxed feeling And that's kind of initially what it starts drawing you into drinking and then having one glass of wine a night. Then Mm. next year it becomes two glasses, two glasses (laughs) of wine. And it just, it just, it it really like, I read this book by any grace. I think it's this naked mind. Really good. Yes. Yes. Somebody told me that I'm going to read that. I'll read that. Audio book. And it Mm. said, you take a drink and then the drink takes you. And I think it's so, so true. We think of alcohol just like food so innocently. It's just, oh, it's just a glass of wine. It's not not a big deal, but it kind of draws you in. And again, it's not your fault. And you associate this like buzz, nice feeling. And then you need more because your body, your chemicals in your brain get used to it. You need more and it's not your fault. But then, so for me, it was a struggle. I stopped drinking like, right before my birthday in April last year. And I didn't drink Mm -hmm. for, I think, seven or eight months at all, at Uh all. Uh Because I felt like alcohol started to kind of run, especially during COVID. I did not want to be dependent on having that as a stress relief. Monica, you and I are real twins because I stopped stopped completely then. I said, said, and I even made a post about it. I said, hmm. I want to get out of lockdown stronger than I went mm-hmm. in. And part of that has to do with me basically <laughs> making a conscious t- t- decision not to drink mm-hmm. at all. Because I think if I didn't stop, it might have ended up basically just being something that just ended up supporting the loneliness, the, mm-hmm. you know, the feeling of stress around the uncertainty with COVID. So I had to make a conscious decision then at that Mm -hmm. time to just completely stop cold turkey to stop same and you know what helped me actually is reading that book the any grace this Mm -hmm. naked mind and associating alcohol instead of associating with with this nice buzzy feeling started associating it with the way you feel the next day the hangover the headache the grogginess not being able to go to the gym losing time Losing mm-hmm. time. The cravings and all that's mm. yeah, losing time. That's mm. huge, you know. Mm. Waking up at three o'clock in the morning because every mm. time I drink, mm. my body mm. wakes up at three in the morning. So Me when too. you start, yeah, when you mm. start associating your sleep is not the same. You don't sleep as mm. well when you drink. You mm. fall asleep faster, but your mm. sleep cycles, your REM and your deep REM sleep, cycle, yes, you uh-huh. don't actually go through the same cycles. Mm. 
So as mm -hmm. innocently as it can seem, like just one glass of wine, it really does so much damage to your it body. Does. And so it when does. you focus on the negative effects of alcohol, it yeah. really kind of helps you be like, you know what, yeah. I don't need it. Because you, you're not thinking of this nice, like, ooh, I'm going to feel so... No that big, nice glass of wine. Oh, that sounds mm. good, actually, right now. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but that big glass of red yeah. wine, you know. So just same thing with food, you know. Like, if you look at pizza, yeah. you know, instead of like, oh, this is so yummy, be like, you know, I know I'm not going to feel so good. I'm going to feel stuffed and, and just blah. So yes. just just changing that focus, changing, changing your mindset, how you think of it, yeah. Absolutely. And I guess with alcohol, you know, for me, it was really when you start to fast, it allows your body to tell you what's good for you and what's not. Mm -hmm. Because you're, you're giving your body a break mm -hmm. from eating. When you start eating, it tells you very, very quickly what negatively impacts your body very, very quickly. Yeah. So it was like that. So for me, actually quitting alcohol like really really cutting off completely was easier mm. because I was fasting because my body was able to tell me very very quickly actually that this isn't really making me feel good you know what I mean it's just physiologically sort of it's just not making me feel good and I just thought okay what the hell yeah yeah that's awesome I'm so proud of you that's amazing 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 this question just popped into my head because that's just fine that's it. fine what what has been your longest fast how long have you fasted five days five, five days, days. Okay, awesome so I've done I've done a few five day dry fasts mm -hmm. including recently yeah so I do five days maybe once or twice every six months so I did one sort of recently because I had my birthday in February and then my husband's birthday in March and I felt like I'd I'd had a lot of cake as part of birthdays. So, so I needed a five day fast. So, awesome. so five days, I've not done any longer. No. But Neil, thank you so much. I'm going to link your Instagram and put your Facebook group name Fantastic. here. And I've enjoyed chatting with you so much. Thank you for your time. I look forward to hopefully maybe doing another topic yeah. with you, maybe discussing talking maybe about like the maintenance journey and like how to do that. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. That's a huge issue for a lot of people that have either lost weight and it's hard for them to maintain. So maybe it's oh something that we could discuss in the future. I would love to do that. <laughs> I would absolutely love to do that, Monica. And yeah, anybody out there, if you've also got questions about my journey or even your own journey, just feel free to DM me and I'll be able to get back to you. Thank you so much. And I admire you. You're my soul sister. And I look oh. forward to following your journey and just oh. getting to know you more. So thank you so much for your time. Monica, the feeling is 100% mutual. It's a privilege to meet women like you. I believe that you know, I'm a big supporter of women. So if you follow me, you like will see that like I am all about, I know I'm all about women and, you know, women supporting women, women supporting everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been wonderful connecting with you, my soul sister. And, and, and I look forward to this friendship along this journey. Likewise. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. And you too, Monica. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Thank you. You too, Thank Monica. You so much, Thank girl. you. Bye. Good night. Cheers. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share it on your social media, and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Follow Monica on Instagram at fit.fat.hotaf and on Twitter at fitfathotaf.